Welcome to the Wannabe Hunting Podcast. This is your host, Amos Medford. Thanks for joining us today. I appreciate everyone who's been listening and uh, supporting the podcast. Thank you so much. And we're excited to see where uh, everything goes. And we're excited for the start of turkey season here in uh, North Florida. Uh, kicked off Saturday, got out there, uh, didn't uh, didn't get anything but, but uh, swarmed by mosquitoes. But uh, that's all right. We'll, we'll stay after them. So appreciate everybody tuning in to the turkey series. This is our 10th episode dedicated to turkey hunting. So that's pretty awesome. Uh, everybody seems to be enjoying it. And uh, we are full allergy season here in North Florida. So uh, we've, got, uh, we've got coughing and sore throats and everything uh, as usual for this spring. But uh, we're hanging in there. Um, I'm trying to hang in there in this intro without uh, without coughing or my voice cracking or whatever. But uh, thank you so much for listening today. I'm excited to be joined by Brett Morris of Blue River Bow Hunting. He also hosts the Blue River Bow Hunting podcast. So big thanks to Brett for joining me today and uh, jumping into all things uh, turkey hunting. Of course, we touch on uh, bow hunting and um, some other other hunting that he he does so you'll enjoy this one with brett and uh check out his stuff as well and i uh, really appreciate him coming on enjoyed the enjoyed the talk and i think y'all will too so let's jump into episode 10 of the turkey series with brett morris of blue river bow hunting hey brett Welcome back to the Wannabe Hunting Podcast. I'm excited to be joined tonight by Brett Morris of the Blue River Bow Hunting Podcast. Did I get that right? Yes, sir. That's it. Awesome, man. Well, thanks for taking some time to uh, join me tonight. And if, if you don't mind, first of all, just kind of want to let you introduce yourself uh, to the audience and then, uh, you know, just kind of tell us how you got into hunting in general. And uh, we'll go from there, getting into bow hunting and podcasting. And of course, we're going to be heavy on turkeys tonight with this time of year but uh just go ahead and introduce yourself man yeah um uh, i'm brett morris i'm from east central indiana um i started two years ago on on filming whitetails and it just grew into a passion that that became uh my brand blue river bow hunting i also do a podcast blue river bow hunting podcast and uh it's just been fun to to talk to you know i kind of um the, my niche is the regular guy, you know, the regular guy that doesn't get enough tension that kills monsters every year that mm-hmm. has that insight of just regular guys um, hunting that would some of the information that I get kind of really blows me out of the water. It really does because there's regular guys that don't get enough attention and, and they kill absolute giants, man. And, yeah. and I have such a fun time talking to those people. Yeah, that's awesome. There's um, there's some guys actually in my neck of woods, neck of the woods, and they're they call themselves the part timers. I'm like, man, that is so perfect. Uh, <laughs> you know, we're they say we're over overworked and underhunted. So you know that's kind of <laughs> how it goes when you're a regular guy. But man, like you said, there are some guys absolutely getting done, getting it done. So that's pretty cool. Oh, for sure. And and, and to to piggyback off your question, you know, you asked me how I got started in hunting. Uh, when I was 14 years old, uh, I started hunting with my dad and my uncle at the time. You know, I started um, started on whitetails, couldn't get it done. And actually, my, my first true passion in the outdoors was was chasing turkeys. 
And it was just so mm. much fun to learn that because my dad and my uncle that I hunted with, they hadn't learned that yet. They, we, we all started at the same time and it just became this process for all, all of us to learn together and, and have a good time doing it. You know, uh, turkey camp for us was a vacation. It still is for me to this day. Mm. And, and I have such a, a fun time doing it that it's it, it needs to be passed on from generation to generation. No doubt about that. And that's pretty cool because we're going to dive into turkey hunting momentarily. And, uh, you know, one of the questions I had down to ask you was, you know, where turkeys rank on your your favorite uh, animal to chase. So we're going to just let that hang out there for a minute and everybody yes, can uh, hang on their, the edge of their seat to see if that's your favorite <laughs> still, since that's kind of how you started or not. But uh Give us real quick, you know, how did you end up uh, starting the Blue River uh, bow hunting and then the podcast as well? How did that come about? And uh, we'll kind of tie that in. <laughs> you know, it's it's a funny story because when, when I am when I was young in my early 20s, you know, there was a group of guys that hung out at my house and, and we all duck hunted together. It was just this fun thing that we had that, you know, I'd, I'd wake up at four o'clock in the morning and there's three guys asleep in my living room floor, two guys on the couch. Like everybody was wanting to hang out with us because we were duck hunting and it was kind of the fun thing to do at the time. And we called ourselves the blue river bottom boys because we hunted <laughs> blue river here in East central Indiana. And okay. it just become this, you know, became this thing. And then we, we tried to film the waterfowl type of thing and, and it didn't really work out for us. So we just more, really more, more had fun with it. And, um, I was sitting there one day in the duck blind. It's November 20th. You know, it's it's the rut for deer. And I'm sitting in a duck blind and we hadn't seen a duck all day. And I looked at my buddy. I said, what are we doing in this duck blind? You know, we, we done seen three bucks chase does across the field while we're sitting in this duck blind. Like, let's go chase whitetails, man. Like, let's get back after it. So me and my uh, cousin, Alan, started chasing whitetails and we started filming it. It was just this thing that became a contest between me and him, you know, what, what most mostly could we get on film and have fun doing it and hunting together and bow hunting together. And, uh, I, I upgraded and I was like, Hey man, I'm, I'm going to buy a nice setup and the, like, let's do this right. Have a nice setup, film these whitetails and let's put it out on YouTube or something. So we came up with the name and that's just what we came up with. Blue river bow hunting. Nice. We did it for a couple of years, chasing big whitetails, and man, can, it's it's unbelievable the the stories that we get here in the Midwest chasing big bucks. Mm. And uh, I don't know, it just it just became into that. And then um, I was actually producing a uh, predator hunting podcast for some people that live close to me, and mm -hmm. had a lot of fun in the podcast game. And I was like, you know, it's my turn. I want to do one. You know, I, I got <laughs> enough knowledge and. I'm pretty good at social media people and, and, you know, talking to others. And I, I feel like it's, it would just fit me just great to be a host and, and it's turned out perfect for me really. Yeah, that's cool. And, you know, we started, uh, we were talking earlier, we started literally in the same month, you know, July yep. last year, it's just crazy. And, um, you know, it's kind of like, do we really need another hunting podcast? You know, there's literally a million or whatever. But you know what? That's the beauty of it. You can. You can do your own and you can ask questions how you want and you can, to an extent, invite the guest you want, you know, as long as you can get a hold of them and stuff. So that's pretty, you know, pretty cool. But oh, for sure, you know, you, you, you make it your own, you know, and, and 
it's funny. Me and you started in the same month and hunt the wild podcast with my buddy, Adam Bowles. He started around the same time as us. And he, he I had already recorded three episodes or so. So he kind of was asking me a lot of questions. I set him up as best as I could. And, and now our, our shows are like familiar. Like we have the same thing going on, but it's so vastly different because we're two different type of people. You know, you're going to make that thing your own. And we've bounced. I've had him on the sh- my show a couple times. I've been on his show several times, and it's been just a a cool thing to interact with another person that wants to do the same thing that I'm doing. And it's funny because you know mm-hmm. you talk about social media and networking on social media. We actually met on TikTok out of all places. Wow! <laughs> and we've just became. I mean, I text him more in a day than I probably do my wife. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. We just bounce ideas off of each other. Like, hey, listen to my show from this week i want your honest thoughts don't hold back we do that for each other and it's made us better podcasters i think yeah no that's really cool and that's one of the things that has amazed me the most about the whole thing is how many good people cool people unbelievably helpful people i mean they're willing to help with hunting tips and tactics they're willing to help with the podcast social media supporting each other it's it's really been a positive experience for me. Absolutely. And and it's crazy because I've, I've heard your show before I, I listened in prior mm-hmm. to being on this. And, and I've heard you say that you're a new onset hunter. You're new into the hunting world. And, and the more that you absorb in these podcasts and really listen to people that have been doing it for a really long time and you pick up on things here and there, it's going to make you a better hunter. And I think that's why people love podcasts. They love <laughs> listening to other people give tips and tactics. They may not know. They, may, they maybe don't have that experience. So they're listening to it from somewhere else and somewhere else and somewhere else. And they're putting everything together. Together. they're going in the outdoors experience for themselves and making it like a whole new adventure for themselves because they're they're getting that knowledge yep yeah absolutely and it's been one of the biggest things that encouraged me to get out and go you know that's getting into hunting you know as an adult and it's just you know there's not a ton of programs out there and stuff like that and, you know thankfully i have some friends who who do hunt, but, you know, working out schedules and everything else, it, it gets pretty crazy with the, with work and the family and everything else. But just you know, saying, Hey, if I've got an afternoon, I'm just going to go, you know, I mean, I'm not talking about burning spots and hunting wrong winds and just being, being crazy with it. But I'm just saying, even like this past year, I went on literally the last day of duck season, killed my first duck. That's one, awesome. You know, killed one, but it was amazing. And it's yeah, just that's better than nothing, ain't it? <laughs> you know duck hunting you know where i'm from here in the midwest you know right where i'm at we really don't get a ton of ducks but we we were traveling to hunt ducks and th- that's the thing i love about duck hunting personally is the camaraderie of it you know you're hanging with your buddies you're you're not really worried about scent or i mean most of the time you're mm-hmm. not even worried about noise you know you're just kind of tucked back up in your blind and oh here they come you know and everybody gets down and everybody does their thing and i don't know that's why i love duck hunting and, and yeah. duck hunting is is harder than people think i think <laughs> like you got to have a good spot you know what i mean yeah 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 it can be it can be challenging for sure but that's kind of cool that uh you know we talk more than I expected about duck hunting, but I've, I've just, you know, just been getting into it this past year. So I'm looking forward to doing more of that next year, but man, ducks, deer, um, you know, you've got your Western stuff, elk, um, depending on where you're at, might, uh, have bear or go somewhere to hunt bear. There's no season here in Florida, but, uh, 
it's coming up on turkey season. Oh yeah, so, I'm ready, buddy. <laughs> I've been ready, man. I'm going Saturday. Oh, you wait. lucky, lucky, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I gotta oh. wait a few more weeks. Well, almost a month. Oof. Yeah. Oof. That's tough. I bet you're gonna be listening to a whole bunch of turkey podcasts, <laughs> <laughs> watching Absolutely. a bunch on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, bunch of that stuff, and 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 doing turkey shows on my own show. That's, yep. Uh, yep. It, it's helping the fix, and then it's also making it. it a million times worse because i'm talking about it once a week so it's really getting me fired up yep yep helps a little bit and makes it worse at the same time that's fine (laughs) (laughs) you know go ahead and and tell us where where do turkeys rank for you you know is is the whitetail number one or is turkey turkey edged out for you or how how does it work for you uh turkey was my first love when it came Mm. to, to the outdoor you know adventures with your your dad and your family and everything turkey was my first love for sure and and, and it's crazy because ducks might even been like a close second on that but right there's something about chasing a giant whitetail in the midwest mm-hmm. uh there's no feeling like it i can't even explain it to you um uh, you know november <laughs> day it's 25 30 degrees wind blowing out of the north you know it's just it, it will it'll just get you fired up. I mean, if yeah. you haven't experienced it, something you have to in your lifetime, if you're an outdoorsman, you have to experience chasing whitetails in the Midwest. There's nothing like it. Yeah. I've, I've already been told a few times, like you need, you need to check out Illinois, Indiana, Kentucky, some of these places. I have a friend who lives in Kansas. So it's like, all right, all right. Oh, yeah. Midwest Kansas is where it's big. at. Oh, for sure. With its whitetails, that's 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 the ticket. Trust me. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> man. Well, you know, you have a literally a bow hunting brand, bow hunting podcast. Um, but we're talking about turkeys today, and of course, you know, every single day I'm opening up Instagram and I'm seeing everybody and their brother patterning their shotgun, and I'm going to use a shotgun. But uh, if I get one early with a shotgun, I'm going to bust out the bow. So. Um, do you, um, bow hunt turkeys? Do you do shotgun and bow one or the other, both? Uh, I do both. Um, last year was probably my first major attempt at it. Um, I had Mm -hmm. done it in years past, but, uh, this past year, I I did a trip out to Missouri and that was my, that was my mindset. That's what I went there for bow hunting turkeys, but it's extremely difficult and <laughs> that, that I struggle on that challenge. I'm still struggling on that challenge. Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, you, you gotta have them pretty close. I mean, it's gotta be, it's gotta be the right, the right deal for sure. Yeah. You gotta be in the right setup. Everything has to go right for you. You're calling your setup, uh, your scouting, everything has to come into play for you to shoot a turkey with the bow. Yeah, for sure. And I definitely want to spend some time on calls, you know, what calls you have, how you use them, stuff like that. But, mm-hmm. you know, when it comes to bow hunting, are you using like a totally different setup with your bow, like arrow, broadhead, poundage, um, compared to what you use when you're deer hunting? Or is it similar, tweaked? How does that work for you? Tweaked, uh, tweaked. Um, like... I keep everything the same as far as my bow. I want it to be the same every time I'm shooting a 60 pound draw. Um, the only thing I'm really changing on my bow setup is the, the, the broadheads. Um, mm. You know, I go from a fixed blade to 
sort of a fixed blade. I use VPA, which is Vantage Point Archery out of Fort Wayne, Indiana. They mm-hmm. make a, a, a brawhead just for turkeys. It's called the Turkey Spur. And, <laughs> it, you know, it's a fixed blade, but it's it's kind of hard to explain. It's kind of longer. <laughs> it's it, it's really hard to explain, but it's it's made for a turkey and not necessarily a headshot with your bow. You okay. know, when you bow hunt turkeys, you have such a small small zone that you hit whether you're shooting at their head which you know how small that can be mm-hmm. and then you know your their vitals which is at the base of their neck set back just a little bit and it's a very very small window to hit but if you can hit it and mm-hmm. it's game over <laughs> right okay cool yeah i was just curious about that you know from a technical standpoint if uh if you switched up a lot or kept it uh you know relatively similar yeah what about um, what about your shotgun? Do you um, do you just tell me what gun you have and what what ammo you prefer or anything like that? Choke or whatever. Yeah, I have a Mossberg eight thirty five, uh, with the True Glow sights. Mm-hmm. I've shot Longbeard XRs. I've shot the TSSs. I've shot just about everything out of it. They pattern about the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, the TSS TSSs might be just a little better at uh, a little bit of a longer range, but. Uh, the long beard XRs aren't bad either. Uh, I try to stay away from the, the cheaper turkey load. They don't shoot as well, but um, yeah, Mossberg A35, and cool. um, it was a hand-me-down for my uncle, which has been pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, always good to have a family gun. That's sweet. That's cool. I, um, I've used uh, long beard XR as well. That's the only ammo I've actually used, so I think I'm going to experiment with some TSS at some point, but uh, you know, it's it's not broken. My box isn't empty yet. So, you know, no rush. <laughs> yeah. Right. Especially as expensive as they are. Oh, I know. That's, that's crazy. Crazy. But, uh, I think a lot of people are probably shooting whatever they can get, you know, online or in person, you know, anything in stock people will shoot. <laughs> oh, absolutely. But, uh, anyway, man, could you, uh, talk a little bit about the calls that you have and use? And, um, I mean, I know we can go, we can go any direction with this as far as what you <laughs> use in certain circumstances. What's your favorite? What is your first call? Uh, you know, whatever, but, uh, man, let's talk about, uh, yeah. talk about Turkey calls. Um, um, I'm a big zinc guy. I don't know what, mm-hmm. what did that for me, but at some point I seems like all the calls I have, my, all my diaphragms are zinc. Um, my slate calls zinc. um, you know, I, I have some other, like, I have a custom-made box call. I can't remember what the company is. I'd have to even pull it out of my vest. I've had it for years. <laughs> uh, most of the calls I've had for years, except for my, my diaphragms, I like to switch them up, you know, every other year. So as long as you take care of them, they're good. But I'm, I, I'm kind of a big diaphragm guy. You know, I mm-hmm. love using diaphragm, especially in certain situations. You know, a bird hangs up and you don't have to move and you're using your mouth and just being able to control the volume and the pitches and everything. I've gotten good at it, uh, especially at a young age. I started turkey hunting when I was 14 and, and I picked it up relatively easily. I can remember going to turkey camp when I was younger, um, 15, 16, 17 years old. And everybody asked me for advice and how, you know, I had I barely started turkey hunting, but they, they liked the way I used the, the mm-hmm. diaphragms and. Uh, the, you know, I don't know if I just picked it up from, um, I don't know, just using my brain or being, you know, having woodsmanship or what, but I, I picked up the language of turkeys very early on mm. being able to, you know, read 
a situation or how a bird's reacting or how he's responding and being able to play off him and, and call a bird in. It, it was a lot of fun to, to, to go through those situations at a young age. And then, you know, when you get older, when I kind of know kind of what I have to do to a certain point, it can be a lot of fun, even especially taking first time, you know, turkey hunter, somebody that maybe never been in the turkey woods before, right. you know, and you start really talking their language and you get him fired up somebody that's a rookie in the woods gets really fired up <laughs> yeah yeah no doubt that's cool man i i struggle a little bit with the mouth calls you know i haven't uh i haven't quite got there with the diaphragms but uh i can i mean i can really see the hands free um no movement or very little movement aspect of it being like a huge a huge plus you know to those right but, um, you know what, let's see, is the, are you going to use like a locator call the night before or the morning of, or both? You know, kind of what, you know, what are some scenarios there? I know it depends on where you're at. And... Right. Well, where I go down <laughs> in Kentucky every year, you know, and all my turkey experiences with an Eastern bird, I've never hunted any other subspecies. It's all Eastern birds. I hunt Kentucky, Indiana okay. this year. I'm going to Michigan for the first time. It's all Eastern birds. So. Oh, and I've hunted in Missouri. It was an Eastern bird as well. And they all acted very similar. Right. Um, it just, it, it just matters kind of the situation, but uh, the night before is definitely huge. I like going, going out, you know, in Kentucky, I ride the rhino up on the farm and get to a, a certain point where something can hear me. And I know where I think the birds are going to be and I'll do the alcohol. That's probably my favorite in the evening. And then kind of a rule of thumb in the morning, I don't do anything. And I say, I don't touch a call out of my vest until I've heard the first crow go off. At least Mm -hmm. Uh, as soon as that first crow goes off and and it's right there about that time, that Tom hears that he is going to absolutely let loose, you know, something that gets him fired up. So I'll base it off that. And, you know, and you can tell with an Eastern almost like, is he fired up? Is he not, you know, then you really need to listen. You know, most people just, focus on that gobble you need to mm-hmm. focus on more than just the gobble you need to focus on those hens what are those hens telling him and how many mm-hmm. hens are there you know if you can pick out yeah there's four or five hens in there you know ugh, you know it might be rough on you you <laughs> know if he comes down and hits the ground and he's got six or seven hens with him that could be a huge problem for you but, yeah you know and and listening for that listen for multiple birds have a bird as as a one option and a bird as a two like you know they're polar opposite ends of the farm but this bird, they didn't sound like there was any hens with him. He gobbled at everything, a goose going by, the <laughs> cow mooing in the field. Like, it didn't matter what the sound was. He was gobbling. And, and just make your move after that. But locator calls, definitely an owl and a crow every once in a while. Okay, gotcha. And um, <clears throat> so um, let's kind of use a scenario of you've set up, um, you know, thankfully – you got a good idea where they're at um, and you've set up what you call pretty close and, you know, a, a crow goes off or whatever and you hear, hear gobble and it comes from the direction you're expecting and everything like that. Um, you know, are you going to kind of call lightly? Are you going to try to wait till, wait till you hear something fly down or, I mean, I guess that would be if you're really close, but. Right. And, you know, and, and I pay attention to that. You know, if I'm, I'm sitting there and I start and I haven't even made a call yet, you know, sometimes even if, if he's doing the thing and you don't need to do that, um, 
you know, you I might do a couple of soft tree yelps. Talk sweet to them. You don't need to get loud, especially if you're close. Don't sound unnatural. Mm. Don't sound like a hen that woke up out of her bed and is screaming at people, you know. <laughs> like, talk, just talk a little sweet to him, you know. And, and, and he'll let you know if he likes it or not, obviously. You know, he's going to gobble or whatever. And pay attention if he's gobbling to those other birds. Um, but just talk real sweet to him and, and, and see where it goes from there. Hopefully he fly down to your, flies down your way. And then, you know, we got obviously get into a situation if you're using a decoy or not. Um, but just soft tree yelps, you know, I might do a fly down sequence with a wing or my hat or something like that. Mm -hmm. The only time I really do that is if I've seen one pitch down or I can physically hear one pitch down, you know, whatever. And, And then I may do it myself. Right, I gotcha. Um, do you find that you use, you ever use like uh, some kind of friction call or something to be louder on a, you know, I've heard people say like on a windy day or something like that? Uh, you mostly know, the, um, a box call. Box. Mm-hmm. You know, box call, you can really loud with those things and really raspy, a good windy day, uh, especially down there in the, in the open pastures of Kentucky where I hunt turkeys. You know, sometimes you the wind does pick up, you know, and you need to get loud and you may just get you get lucky and he hears you from a, a distance. And then then it's a whole nother game. And then you got to feel see how fast you can close the distance before he realizes that you've closed the dens- distance and then maybe throw a couple more notes out for him for you to kind of pinpoint where you're at. Right. Right. Now, jumping back to uh, diaphragm calls, do you carry like. You know, you always carry three or, you know, something like that. I think I think I have like uh, three different cases that I keep in my vest, and I think they hold about five apiece. So I got about 15 <laughs> with me. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's I got have an over obsession, but I have options. And sometimes uh, a certain call will sound better to him or, or whatever, you know, and just get him fired up. Yeah. And I've heard some people say, you know, and don't know anything about the cuts or the cuts don't matter or whatever, but what, uh, is there certain, you know, cuts that you like? I mean, of course they got all kind of, all kind of stuff now with bat wings and whatever, but, uh, (laughs) you know, is, is there something, something that you use maybe for a certain, certain types of call, you know, this one is good, better for purring or this one, you know, just different stuff like that. that... I think, uh, one I always just kind of go back to is that split V, you know, kind of the bat wing, like you're talking about and, Right. You know, I don't know. You know, you get the double stack, the double stack reads that sound good. And there's so many different reads they can use. It, it honestly just depends on you as a person. Sometimes I don't know why, but like a split, a split view will sound better in my mouth and I get the, you know, a side cut or whatever. And I just throw it in the trash. <laughs> <laughs> just depending on how it came out of my mouth, I guess. Short, shorter answer. Right. Yeah. You know, and I have watched some of you know the videos talking about, you know, where the channel is or whatever. But uh, you know, that's kind of getting into, I guess, yeah, anatomy. Pretty... I don't know. <laughs> right. Flows through your. Flows that's through just your mouth. getting yeah, back think... into that, like I think, like I was telling you, like being able to be loud with it and being able to control the volume of doing just really soft yelps or a really aggressive yelps or, you know, a cut, you know, and getting all crazy and getting him fired up. And uh, mm-hmm. it can just be fun kind of practicing that too. You might get your wife all mad though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I try not to practice too much around the house, but uh, <laughs> you know, this time of year they come out. So, you know, we'll, we'll make it through though. <laughs> oh yeah. 
it's only it's a short season. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's cool. Well, we you know we've already gotten, you know, for me personally, you know, I've already gotten a good bit of advice from you. You know, honestly, just some th- some things to try, some things to keep in mind. But, you know, as a newer hunter myself, I always like to, you know, throw out the question of what what would you give as advice to a new hunter and, you know, a new turkey hunter. And I know there's so much equipment. There's so many different variables, you know, area of the country and access, you know, whether or not they have somewhere private or or going somewhere on public land. You know, there's all kinds of advice you could give to a newer hunter. But you know, what would you say to a newer hunter or someone that you were either going to take turkey hunting or just were trying to talk into going or whatever, you know, kind of how would you, would you go about that with a new hunter? Definitely. You know, you're going to get so much information from different places, podcasts, YouTube, you know, all that kind of stuff. Your buddies that may have been doing it for 15 years and you get, sometimes you can get so much of a, um, an overload of information as Mm -hmm. as a new hunter, I think. And my personal advice to somebody that's new, and it doesn't matter what kind of hunting it is, I want you to experience it for yourself, learn the lessons. You know, I may tell you, hey, November 7th, but it's hot, bucks <laughs> are going, it's going to happen. You know, but you still need to experience that for yourself to be able to realize, okay, I know what he's talking about here. I saw, you know, I saw all the turkeys doing this, and then and then they switched to doing this. Like, you, you experienced it, you know. You know, you can you know listen to somebody all day and have somewhat of an idea in your head but until you experience it you really you don't even really know what you're talking about because you've never (laughs) experienced it you know what i mean yep yeah exactly and i know i listen to a ton of podcasts and watch stuff on youtube and you know i got relatively lucky i would say like the second year i went turkey hunting and killed a nice gobbler that uh you know someone told me what spot to go in and they had everything you know very very helpful to get me set up and i actually went back to that same spot with my brother-in-law and tried to get you know get him one and i was just using a box call at that time and uh you know we had a, a good tom coming in right in front of us and a decoy set up and everything and we ticked off a hen behind us and man, he beelined across the field to her and like, it was like, man, I've heard about stuff like this, but <laughs> yeah. you know, now I just saw how hard it is for you to beat out a real, a real live Turkey. <laughs> yeah. And then you, obviously you've seen his reactions to everything. Right. So it's like, yeah. okay, we did this and he definitely didn't like this. So let's mm-hmm. not do that anymore. Let's do it this way or, or whatever, you know, like, you know, you you have to trick him in so many you know circumstances, and talking talking to him, or, or or making his situation look good. You have decoys out, or maybe it's a situation where you want him to come in running and try to beat your decoy up. You know, just to you have yeah. to be able to understand the nature of the bird and what he's thinking. There's so many times I can tell you I've been with buddies, and you know those birds gobbled and. All of a sudden, they're getting really loud with the calls. They're getting aggressive, and then all of a sudden, he shuts up, and they're like, "Well, there ain't no turkeys around here." And then you know, they stand up to go elsewhere, and the turkey's thirty yards behind the tree. They just didn't see it because they weren't patient enough, or you know, or whatever. But you right. just have to learn those those lessons on your own on on any type of hunting, which makes you a better outdoorsman. No doubt. That's like I was telling you the last day of 
duck season, I killed my first duck. Well, I was on a dam in between two ponds. And um, when I shot that duck, like 15 turkeys jumped up. Oh, that's awesome. I was like, hmm. Yeah, I'm coming back here. I believe I'll be <laughs> back here in the spring. <laughs> <laughs> right. But yeah, it's just being observant, you know, whether it's season or not, you know, same thing if you're deer hunting, if there's turkeys all over you, you know, they do act different in the spring, but you know, right. there's still a good hint for you right there that for they're sure around. it just shows you that there's a population and, and to get into an, another point that I don't know if anybody's ever told you or not, but from what have I, what I've experienced personally, um, turkeys will roost different between the fall and the spring. It's like a whole nother section of the property or, or mm-hmm. whatever. And, um, I don't know when, when I've duck hunted before there was this property where there was birds gobbling in January. I don't understand that at all, but uh-huh. they were gobbling up on this roost while we're duck hunting. I told <laughs> my buddy kind of the same thing, like, Hey, we should definitely come back in here. He's like, Oh no, no, no. They, they have total different roost spots. I'm like, really? So, <laughs> and I've heard that over the years by listening to several different people. And I was like, well, that's good to know. You know, don't focus your, your Turkey scouting on, you know, fall details that you get off of, you know, game cameras and stuff, you know, mm-hmm. when you're scouting on turkeys, you know, they're going to tell you exactly where they're at, especially if you're scouting a week before ahead of time, you know, they're, they're creatures or habit. They're going to do the, the same things over and over again to a certain extent. Right. Yeah. I was reading an article today um, and it was talking about that. It's like, they're going to kind of follow a pattern, but you just, you know, they might go to one spot, you know, every morning at eight o'clock for a week. And then the next day they'll still go to that spot, but it's four in the afternoon. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, they they found some bugs somewhere else or they got, you know, spooked off by something and it threw off their schedule you know it's like oh for sure <laughs> they are creatures of habit and if you can fight figure out where they are you know you've you fought a lot of the battle but that doesn't guarantee that the day you got off work there's gonna one walk by you yeah you just gotta kind of know the general <laughs> direction to walk <laughs> yeah i mean i'll take any hints i can get but definitely that's, that's awesome well i appreciate that man definitely definitely good info because i mean you know, I, I love hearing, um, you know, I love hearing about, I think a lot of people in the hunting in general, but in podcasts too, like, it's cool for me to hear about gear. You know, I like, I like to know what, you know, what calls somebody has, what brand of this they prefer or whatever. Right. Doesn't mean I'm going to run out and buy it, but <laughs> right. that's, that's interesting to me. But, you know, I think some of that stuff, you know, it's, people will think, well, that person's just, you know, they're probably just sponsored or, you know, something like that. And it's like, there's a whole lot you can learn, you know, and do without shooting, you know, still shooting lead, (laughs) you know, not PSS. Right. um, Without, you know, without the most expensive calls or, or or whatever, but. uh, Oh, definitely. You know, there's, there's a ton you can get into and uh, it's, it's fun to learn. I think that's, I think that's another thing that kind of ties podcasts together and podcasters together is it's a, it's kind of a learning platform, you know. Um, there's a lot of things out there really based on entertainment, which is cool, and I like entertainment and hunting entertainment, but you know, some of it's not as educational, <laughs> <laughs> right? Well, that's why I was saying earlier with with my show, you know, you get a lot of shows out there which they're aiming for like 
you know, the top of the top on guests who are going to bring you a lot of attention. And then there's guys like me who like to talk to regular dudes, blue collar workers that, you know, may not get off work until dark sometimes or, or whatever, but they have it figured out. You know, they're, they're killing very big deer. They're killing Turkey. They're doing this, they're doing this. And you know, there's no social media spotlight on those guys. They're doing it just like we're doing it. You know what I mean? They're not getting paid to push anything. They're going to tell you their honest opinion on and how they do it pretty much every time. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that because to me, that's part of my goal in learning is to figure out some of the, you know, what are people doing to, you know, manage their time in such a way that they get out more or make, you know, really make more of the times they get out. Um, it's kind of, I guess what it really comes down to. So right. it's pretty cool to, pretty cool to learn, you know, from For stuff sure. like that. But uh, anyway, man, this has been fun, but for sure, I want to give you a chance to tell a hunting story. <laughs> oh, do you know? I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure there's a bunch that you could, uh, you know, it could be maybe one of your first ones or one of the most recent or just one that was memorable for, for one reason or the other. But you know, I think. I think that's the other thing, uh, whether it's educational or not, you know, we like hearing hunting stories. <laughs> well, I'll give you a wild one. So since we did Turkey for the most part on this episode, I'll give you a Turkey episode. Okay. So, um, I'm, I'm 16, 17 years old. My cousin's 14 at the time we go down to the youth season, uh, in Kentucky and, you know, my dad and them are kind of like, just go take him out there. See if you can get on a bird. They did. They had very little faith in me <laughs> as a 17 year old guide at the time. And I'm like, I'll take him out there. Let's go. So I take my cousin out there. He has a broken arm. He's, his oh. arm is in a cast oh, boy. and he's shooting my Turkey gun, which is at the time a new England arms, 10 gauge single shot. It's a mini cannon. If you, oh, man. it will knock you over. And he was a little feller at the time, still a little feller at this time. Uh, you know, he's oh, five, two, maybe a buck, 10 soaking wet, like just a little guy. Oh, and, um, we're down on this Ridge that we call uh, the cliffhanger uh, it's mm-hmm. butts up to um, Lake Cumberland in Kentucky. You know, it, it kind of shelves off as you kind of see in that, that Southeastern kind of look. And mm-hmm. uh, these birds are hammering. I mean, there's like four to five of them. They're gobbling with every call that I make. And I can't re- can't wonder as to why they're not coming towards me. So we start making our way down. You know, we can tell they're not super close. And we realize that we're on the edge of the lake. I mean, it drops off 400 to 500 foot down to this lake. And we're like, well, that's why they're not coming over here. We're on the edge of the lake. You know, we were young and just having fun at the time. And we kind of tuck our tail between our legs, you know, lesson learned on that. You know, they weren't, weren't where we thought we were. We didn't know the land as much. So mm-hmm. we go walking back up this ridge and we get to the top and we call it strut zone. A lot of birds strutted in this particular end of a, a, a horse pasture up on this high, high ridge where you could get out in the sun for a bird. Right. And uh, I said, well, let's see if we can strike up another bird and see what happens. So I start calling and all of a sudden, Every one of those birds that we thought was across the lake gobbled, but they didn't gobble across the lake. They gobbled on our side of the lake. <laughs> and I'm like, did I just call four birds over here? So we make like a beeline down to this, the corner of this fence and we 
plop down in the corner of the fence. We got a kind of a lot of a brush behind us and we're kind of blended in. And there's this old logging road that comes up from the bottom. And all I see is tail fans and, and, and black. And I'm like, oh, this is about to happen. This kid's about to kill a giant. So all these birds are coming up the, the up this uh, logging road and they're about 35 yards. And I just let out like a really excited, you know, with my mouth called just burp, 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 burp. and all four of these birds gobble in our face. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm shaking at this point. You know, I'm fired up and uh, I can see he's kind of dialed in. He's not really affected by it. I'm like, hey, dude, pick any one of those birds out and drop it. So he, he pulls the hammer back on the 10 gauge. Boom. <laughs> and all these birds just sit there. I'm like how did he miss it that close with this gun? And I'm, I'm kind of like giggling at this point, you know, cause he's my cousin and we're like brothers and I'm, I'm mm-hmm. kind of laughing. I'm like, don't move. I have your shells in my vest. Just open the action to the gun. I'll slide a shell in. And then you pick another bird out. So mm-hmm. he pops the gun open. I slide this shell in and he pulls the trigger again. Boom. And all these birds just fly off. And I'm like, dude what happened like are, are you serious <laughs> these birds are at you know the, the first after the first shot they kind of scrambled a little bit like all in a big circle and one was at like i don't know 15 yards i mean i could have wow. hit it with my bow no problem and he said that's the one he shot at and i said what happened man you, is it y'all good I'm, i thought it might have been like his broken <laughs> arm you know i'm feeling like a, a dick at this point and he's like I forgot to turn the red dot on, on the gun. I'm like, Oh my. So he was just blank shooting into this, this scope on this 10 gauge, like just putting the burden frame and pulling the trigger. You're not, you know, not seeing a red dot anywhere in that frame and just not having the composure to turn it on, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) That is hilarious, man. Yeah. That kind of makes a difference if you can put the dot on. Yeah, definitely. You know, and, and, at this point, you know, my dad and uncle are, are, you know, at the, at the, at the turkey camp at our campers where we own this property. And, you know, they said when they heard the second shot go off, he goes, Oh, he, he must've missed both times. Cause there wouldn't have been another time with that 10 gauge. Right. And they said they looked up the Ridge and I was power walking about a hundred yards ahead of him because I was so mad because <laughs> I got in these birds right in his face. You know, I hadn't even really had that opportunity <laughs> for myself at that point. Oh man, I bet you were ticked off at that point. <laughs> That's crazy though. I right. thought you were going to say after the first shot, you went to like talk to him and he was like, you know, on his back or something. <laughs> uh, he landed on his back, I think, after the second shot, but he didn't hit anything. <laughs> oh my goodness, man. <laughs> well, that was a good, that was a good story. That'll be a good one to, uh, to close us out on man that's that's a pretty pretty solid way to finish i think that's hilarious <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome man i'm that's glad cool, you had man. me well, on man i first yeah absolutely and i first um you know saw you and um started seeing you on uh, go wild man could you um just let everybody know uh where to follow you and find out what you've got coming up and uh, whether you want to direct them there or Instagram or YouTube yeah, or whatever. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, check us out on anything. You know, everybody has kind of different platforms they run with, but I'm up on about every one of them. Facebook, um, I'm big on Twitter. We have Instagram as well. Uh, Go Wild has been such a, a fun thing to do and endorse on our show. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, get on there and meet everybody. And, you know, your your content isn't censored. And, you know, and everybody, you could ask a question and somebody's going to give you 
you know, their real advice to you. And it's mm-hmm. been fun to meet a lot of people on there. And I, and, and I met you on there and, you know, seeing people posting about your show. And then I think I commented on it or something like you guys should do a show together. I'm like, I'm yeah. game. Let's do it, buddy. Yeah, I can't remember who said it, but somebody commented. I guess they listened to both of us and like, y'all really should do one together. <laughs> like, sure. Why yeah, not? I'm always down to talk. <laughs> <laughs> cool, man. Well, I really appreciate it and uh, appreciate you being uh, being flexible with your time this evening and uh, and helping me out there. So, good luck. Uh, good luck in about a month. And uh, <laughs> I hope you get the, uh, hope you get get the job done, man. I appreciate that everybody, you know, check us, check my show out too, Blue River Bow Hunting and check us out on all social media apps and I appreciate it. Yes, sir. I just want to thank everyone once again for listening to the Wannabe Hunting Podcast. I really appreciate it. And a big thank you also to Brett for joining me on this episode. Enjoyed talking with him and learning more about what he does out hunting so hope you guys enjoyed it as well thank you once again for tuning in and i appreciate all the support um of course the best uh best way to support us is just listening uh leaving a review uh, leaving a rating on itunes or uh, spotify i believe you can as well and uh sharing the episode if you enjoy it that always helps we really appreciate it and I uh, just want to say good luck to everybody out turkey hunting. Uh, I know I've seen a few guys uh, already getting the job done, so congrats to y'all. And uh, root, keep rooting for the rest of us who are trying to get it done. So uh, good luck to everyone out there if your season hasn't opened or if you're, you're still plugging away. So thanks for listening today. And as always, honor God, work hard, and keep hunting.